Good morning, church. How are you? Amen. Before anything else, I just want to say something. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for supporting our youth. Uh, Wednesday night was an amazing night. Um, I think I think the youth kind of touched our hearts more than we touched them. But we've been praying, my husband and I have been praying that God will awaken. There will be an awakening in this generation, this new generation. Because our church needs them. Our community needs them. This state needs them. This nation needs a new generation that will be on fire for God. And so we had an amazing night. And so with that, please don't forget to support our youth. We want to take them to the, uh, the youth conference that is coming up. We have a sale, raffle sale outside. So if you haven't bought your ticket, please buy your ticket. $1 per ticket or an arm length. And my husband has long arms, so it's about, a, a, you know, 50 tickets arm length. So for $20. Or if you say, hey, I want more than that, $50 for 150 tickets. So our raffle will be next Sunday, so that will be announced. So I want to say thank you because um, we want to bless those kids. We want to bless our youth, and so join us in that. So this morning, Pastor Jack asked me to continue the series that we had, actually uh, the fourth part series of our Be Bold series. And as you guys know, our central passage is, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Amen. Um. Before we start, we'll, let me go ahead and pray, because I need God to help me through all of this. Father, this morning, we thank you, Jesus, that you have called us to, to be a servant of yours, Lord, to be your follower. Lord, your word has said that you have predestined us to, to, to follow you. We thank you, Jesus, that you call us to be in community with you. And, Lord, this morning we ask that you be with us. Prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive what you have for us. Lord, open our minds, Lord, that we can understand your word. Lord, and help us to put it into practical. Lord, that when we walk out of those doors, Father, that we are changed people. That we know how to walk better. That we know how to speak better. And that we know how to, Lord, uh, Show the world who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our passage for this morning is found in James chapter 1. And it's actually verse 2 to 12. But we're going to focus on the last verse. And I'm going to read it right now. It says, Blesses the man who remains steadfast under trial. For, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who loved him. When I was reading the passage, I, I reminded, God reminded me of a moment in, our, in, in my little life <laughs> compared to this world, to the length. But it was right after, almost right after uh, Rick and I got married. We, our nephews, we have little nephews. Um, at that time, they were still in high school. So our nephew and our little niece, when I was like, hey, Theo, we want to come and visit you. So their parents let them come, and they spent a weekend with us. We're like, we're going to go and see, and see our city. We're going to go and explore it. And I grew up near oceans. I grew up in Nicaragua, so I love water. I, I just, anything, when there's water, it doesn't take that long for me just to be in the water. <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't matter what kind of body of water it is. It's like there's water in my legs. I'm like, <laughs> I need to jump. <laughs> and I run and I jump. And sometimes I'm all fully closed. I don't care what, you know, it's like I have to jump. There's water. I got to swim. And so I decided to take them to the hatchery because there's a little secret about me. I love to fish. 
And so I'm probably one of the few girls that I knew in my, in my, in my high school that loved fishing. And so I took them to the hatchery. And I was so surprised that being, you know, especially boys and all this, but they were so excited. I was like, we get to feed the fish. And they went to the little pool, so they have the little salmon, you know, swimming. And they were just throwing food, and I just saw the fish jumping. And then I took them down to where uh, you can see the, the salmon swimming and beginning to go upstream. So they were jumping the ladder. And they were so amazed. I'm like, oh, dear, look. And my poor little niece, she's looking at one that is almost like, I'm too tired. I can't jump this ladder. And she goes, tia, pobrecito, help him. And I'm like, oh, no, honey, it's going to have to go through that. I can't help the fish. And so, you know, my little, as her name is Sarai, she was like, she was almost like, I could see her little eyes like, I want to cry. I want to help this fish. And they got to look at it. Then we went inside the 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 information center, and they got to hear about how this fish just goes up the streams, and they go through all of this. And as I'm listening, uh, there's something that hit me that was like, wow, I didn't know this. And as I heard it, I learned something new about a fish that I, sometimes I go fishing, sometimes we eat it, sushi, amen to that. And I learned that a salmon has to go upstream for one single purpose. And that is they have to go back to the original place where they were born. And the, the guy was telling me, it's like, you don't understand. It's like their program, they, it's like they sent which waters they came from, and they actually go to the original where they were born, to their foundation. And the purpose of being there is because that's where they're going to give new life. A salmon goes upstream to lay their eggs in the same spot where they themselves were hatched. And it was amazing. I was like, really? And I was like, and they go through that. And, and, and the guy was saying, like, yeah, you don't understand. They go through streams. They go through rocks. And I was laughing because then I could see the bears coming up as the fish were going, like, up, you know, jumping, the, jumping those little waterfalls. And the bears, Sushi. And the kid, you know, it's like, poor fish, they have to go through all of this. And once they get up there, if you see them, they have, some of them have the big slashes, some of them are bleeding, they're bruised, some of them are so tired, they just like, don't want to do anything. And the guy was telling me, and after they spawn, after they lay the eggs, they die. But what beauty of it is, when the fish die there, it becomes nutrient to the new generation. And I was reading this passage, it dawned on me. We are a people that God has called to be different, to go against the stream. To, it, he wants us to learn to stand bold when we have to go against the current. He has called us not to be similar, not to go with the stream, not to, not to go with like, you know, I don't know if you guys know what a lazy river is, but a lazy river is one of those that is mainly man-made. But you can sit in it, and you can just go with the flow, and just swing. Little flashes here, you can be eating, there's no current, it's just easily going. You go in circles and around and this. You don't have to do anything. You just go. And... I noticed one little sign that at the little visitor center they had, and it kind of hit me hard. And this is what it said. Only a dead fish goes with the stream. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Jesus, help me. Because in 1 Peter 
this is what it says. First Peter 2.9, it says, But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. I got a spoiler alert for you. You're not supposed to blend in with the world. You're not supposed to. See, the Lord called us to be different. He says, you are my possession. You're supposed to come out of the darkness so you can be a light. You're supposed to be the salt on the earth when the, salt, when the earth doesn't have any taste. So how can we be different if we begin to look like the world? How can we stand against the enemy when we're in the lazy river going with the flow? How can we come against the things that come against us where we're going in the same direction that they're going? How can we say, no, I want my family to serve God when, when and I'm sorry to say this, but it's going to hurt. But some of us may leave this house, and tomorrow we're back to the old habits. How can we come against the current and be able to walk like Jesus said that you are going to? See, he told us, they're going to hit you. They're going to hit you because you serve me. So don't be surprised if, and if you have trials. Don't be surprised if you're going to get stoned. Don't be surprised if people are going to say, you can't be my friend. Because you don't act like me. Or, gee, you're the religious type. You're the holy, well, that's the old term, the holy roller. You're the Christian person. Where everybody's gathered around the water cooler, the old term of water cooler, talking about you because you decide to not to have, go and have a drink after work with them. Or maybe... You decide to come to prayer on Tuesday night instead of going hang around with them. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be the difference that when people see us, they will see Jesus. When they're in need, they're going to say, you know what? I'm going to run to Brother Leo. There's something about him. I'm going to confide in him. They might not know who it is, but it's the Holy Spirit and Brother Leo that is calling up to them. God has called us not to confirm, not to be part of the world, to be the little fish that swims against the current because everybody else is going towards it. So you may ask yourself, how, do I can, how can I stand and be bold when I have to go against the current? Here's the, one, the first one. You can, I can stand bold when going against the current when I know the trials have a purpose. You see, your trials, my trials, they have a purpose. Verse 3 and 4 of James 1 says this, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let the steadfastness have a full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in anything. Now, if we look at the word steadfast, I love it. Because what it means is, is the word resolute. It means immovable. It means nothing that comes against you can change it or move you. So this is what God is telling us. This is what he's saying. That your test itself is going to make you strong enough that you will not be able to be moved. 
And like I said, I love water. So if you have been to the beaches, especially in Central America, you know, in, or Hawaii, those waves come and they're strong. They, when they come and they crash, they crash. And I remember growing up, and one of the things I love doing is when I, w- I would see a wave coming, I would actually, don't ask me, I would dig my feet deep into the sand. I mean, like, like I think I, you know, I don't know how I did it, but I would just like dig it and dig it and dig it. And I, was like, and I would just look at the wave coming, I was like, and I would just like deep, and I would crouch down, and they would hit me, and I would look up, and I was like, yes, it didn't take me. <laughs> And it was, for some reason, it was my game. I love doing that. I don't know why, but I just love doing it. And the more I did, I realized I became stronger. Like, my legs were strong. It's like the deeper I dig, it's like I couldn't move. But that's what God wants us. He wants us to actually go deep into the Word, to be deep in relationship with Him. So when the waste comes, when the current comes, when the river rises and it has this undercurrent that can pull anything you can stand strong and it's not going to move you. It's not going to pull you. A few years back, back in my younger days, I, I was actually, uh, did some, a, lot of, a lot of years in missions, and I would take mission trips. And this is, was my last year in college, and I was going to take my last mission trip. And for some reason, in the ministry that I was working with, they decided to pick very mature students, and I guess I was mature because I got picked, praise God, to go on a special trip. And it was only six of us with two pastors, six of us, two of them were pastors. And, but they required us to go to a training. And I don't know if they still do this, but it used to call a gauntlet. And this was done back in the medieval times with the knights. And it was the type of activity or testing that a a man that was wanted to become a knight had to go through. It was a challenge and trials that they had to prove themselves to be knighted. And so they took us to this place. I remember we were blindfolded, taken to undisclosed location as it is. That was freaking me out. And we were left in our groups. Our task was to find our way back following trails, we were supposed to find our food, catch our food, kill our food, and eat our food. I was like, all right. I'm glad it was a chicken for me. Growing up in Latin America, I knew how to kill a chicken with my hands. Thank you, mom, for teaching me that. (laughs) And so, you know, we did all of that. It was great. It was fun. I was like, I was having so much fun. I was like, I love trekking. I love climbing. We got to climb. We got to do a bunch of stuff. And then the rain came. And it washed a little bridge that we crossed a stream. And now the stream was more like a river. And the more it rained, the higher it got. And in my back in my head, I'm thinking, we're stuck. Oh, Jesus, mommy, help me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do now. And our main leader said, well, we're going to have to find a higher ground. They scoped it out, and they saw a, a log that, that actually crossed from one bank of the river to the other bank of the river, and said, okay, we're going to have to trek over there and basically cross that, that log and make it to the other side. And we were going there. I was, I was kind of scared because I didn't know what I was going to find. And when I get there, I got paralyzed because I realized that it was higher ground. I looked down, and I'm like, yeah. Fall, mm-mm, it's going to hurt. That's more than two feet down. <laughs> and I don't remember how much it was, but I remember, like, looking down, I'm thinking, 
I, I, I can be a mountain woman. I can live here. I'm not about to cross this. <laughs> and, but little by little, each one of us had a cross. And we, you know, we crossed it. Two of the pastors crossed first. And each one of us you know, had to cross it. And when it came my turn, it started like misting again. And there was moss on the log. And I'm like, oh, secret about myself. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of dying. And I'm afraid of pain. <laughs> and so I'm like, that's a long fall. And I don't want to do that. And so I started in my, in my mind trying to figure out how am I going to do this? I don't want to look like, oh, she's the afraid one. And everybody pointing at me. So I decided to make a fool of myself. I didn't care. I'm going to crawl. So I started crawling. It was my turn. I got on my knees. And I like started crawling the log. And I was like, okay. Moss, go away. <laughs> I keep crawling. But it got to a point where it was no longer able to crawl because the, the pieces of wood that the branches would come out were there. So there was the, this piece of things that were sticking out of the tree. And I realized the end of the road is there. My only option was to stand up and walk the rest of the way. And I remember my campus pastor looking at me and saying, Carla, you can do this. Look at me. He goes, don't look down. Look at me. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I remember with all the strength I could muster, I stood up. And the only thing that took me through that space, that length that I had to walk, is that every step that I took, I'm like, I can do all things Christ who gives me strength. Lord, you promise you're going to keep me safe. Lord, in every promise that I remember reading in the Word of God, every passage every verse that my pastor told me that I had to memorize came out of me and I was like Jesus you can say and for everyone it's like okay I can do this Jesus you can straight. he said and without just I focus on that words and the next thing I knew I had crossed the entire log and I realized that your trials are going to push you to the point that unless you go against the curve you're never going to find out how strong you are to stand he, that is the only way. Your trials have a purpose. That when you come against the current, you will find out how strong you are. You see, every single time you have to come against pressure, those muscles will come stronger. Every single time you come against something, you'll be like, no, he promised me this. If he did it last time, he's going to do it again. And, he goes, and every single trial that comes, you're going to remind your trial, uh-uh. You might come against me, but hey, just like David said, there was somebody who's bigger than me that comes behind me. And you'll be able to get stronger and walk stronger and with confidence. Secondly, the way to stand strong against when you come against the current is when I ask God for wisdom. Sorry, I ask God to provide wisdom for my present trials. Verse 5 and 8 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And he will be given, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose, sorry, but that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, God knows that you need him, and we need to understand we need him. But he's willing to give you the answer 
He's willing to tell you, mija, mijo, in this moment, you need to stay quiet. Your words won't do any good. Let me do it for you. He's the one that's going to steer the hearts of men. He's the one that's going to show you when to speak, when not to speak, when to stand up, when not to stand up, when to fight, and when to retrieve. In our flesh tells us, man, somebody comes against me, come on, bring it on. I'm right here. You know, growing up, I grew up with a bunch of boys. I was the only girl for a long time. And so I learned to fight right away because, hey, my primos come against me. Hey, they're not going to mess with me. And so I remember one of my cousins, he's very close to me. Actually, we're, we're probably, we're now the closest cousins we are. But he used to beat me up all the time. It's like, why is he beating me up? I remember when my, in our backyard we had a, a seesaw. And one of the things he loved to do is as soon as he pulled me up to go high, he would jump on the seesaw and let me fall. And, oh, I hated it. I was like, so my mom, I remember I would come and complain to my mom. And she was like, honey, you're going to have to learn to fight. I can't be there to protect you. You're going to have to learn how to, how to stop that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Now, mind me, I'm six years old. And so I, I remember he, I can't remember what he did. And, and I got hurt. But all I remember is this. I was like, oh, yeah, you really want to see that? And I grabbed his arm and I bit his arm. And I drew some blood. <laughs> so he went crying. He went crying to his mom. It's like, Mom, Carla, baby, look, look. And his, my aunt looked at him. It's like, I told you not to beat her up. And <laughs> so our flesh would tell us, if I'm hurting, I'm going to hurt back. Our flesh tells us, hey, if you're going to come against me, I'm going to come stronger against you. But that's not how God is. In, God, in God's perfect plan, he tells us to be meek like he is. And meekness doesn't mean that you're weak. Meekness means you're walking in the wisdom of God. That you follow his prompting. That you let him be in front of you. Meekness is the reflection when God says self-control. Because Jesus was meek. And we know Jesus was not weak. But he was the meekness man that he could ever be. And he was the example of who we are to be. And it's hard because God says, if you're going to be like me, when somebody slaps you, you just give him the other cheek. The flesh tells you, uh-uh, you slap me, I'll slap back. So, you know, yeah, watch out. <laughs> I promise I'm not going to slap. And that's why we need to walk with the Spirit. That's what God says, you know, ask for my wisdom. Ask that I will give it to you. So when you have to stand, you're not going to wave. You're, you're not going to let your emotions rule your reaction. You're not going to let your emotion dictate how you're going to do things. But you're going to let my wis wisdom guide you in your decision. Romans 5, uh, 3 to 5 says this. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to the shame because god's love has been poured out into the hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us when we come against the current and you begin to exercise those muscles and really begin to pull. And every step that you take, you remind us that that trial, who Jesus is, what God has done for you. You become stronger. 
and you persevere. And then you realize, hey, this. And then the next thing you know, your character changes. The way you are, you changes. The way people start seeing you, you change. And they'll be like, hey, weren't you the guy that always got into fights in the street at night? Look at you. What happened? Hey, I met Jesus. Wait, weren't you the, the, the one person that when you would get mad, you, it was cursing all over the place? What happened to you? Hey, I walk with Jesus. Weren't you the one that when trials would come, you, you start crying, you will think your world, and you became this drama queen? Hey, I met Jesus. A third way, a, the third part, to be able to stand bold when we come against the current, when we start walking against the current, is this. And this actually might be a really hard one to do. Because if we let our emotions be there, oh, it's hard to do. But it's this, is I praise to praise the name of God despite the size of your trials. There was a verse I had, and I had, and I did switch a little bit of uh, the order, and that's in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We have to remember this, that God does not going to put us in the circumstances that we can handle. And when we're in circumstances, he will give us a way out, just like he did to Joseph. He will provide a door for us to walk. And then we're going to see the miracles that will happen. In verse 2 of James 1, this is where it says, Count it, O joy, my brothers, that when you meet trials of all kinds. And I don't know about you, but when, you, when you're in the middle of a trial, when you're in the middle, like, I lost my job and I have no money, I have no food. When you're in the middle, like, my family, you know, my husband or my children are in the hospital because they're sick. When you're in the middle, when your friend or somebody that you know is connected to a ventilator and you don't know if they're going to make it the next day. It's not easy to praise God. It's not easy to praise God when you get the news that you might have cancer. It's not easy to praise God when the doctor tells you, hey, you are, you're, you're going to lose your leg. It's not easy to praise God when your children are lost to the world and you don't know what to do. When they have turned against God and all this time, he's like, Lord, since they were little, I have taught them your way. What happened? It is not easy to praise God. But yet he tells us to come and praise him. He tells us to count it all joy. How could it be joyful when the pain is so heavy and when the load is so heavy? In Acts 16, we see a story that it says that it's, it's about Paul and Silas. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all Oh, and all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. It is when we praise, despite of the pain, despite of the size, despite of what it feels like that is coming against us, that's when we're going to see the chains break. That's when we're going to see the miracles. Now, we might not see them right away because God has a purpose in everything. It's all in his timing. But that's when we're going to see things begin to happen. This is what we're going to see things being transformed. Let's remember the walls of Jericho. They had, they had a march. God told them, march seven times. And on the seven times, shout the trumpets. Worship me. And what happened? We saw, we can read it, that the walls came crumbling down. Remember the song when you were in Sunday school. 
and they came down and they saw the victory of God and they saw what God began to do. But the beauty of it is like, it's not just about our miracle, but when we praise God and other people are watching, other prisoners are watching, they begin to see the transformation of what happens in our lives when things happen. And I can't even imagine what happened after that happened at the prison and all the prisoners like, whoa. What was all about? And I imagine them running, but some of them probably like, hey, Paul, Silas, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what, tell me, tell me what happened there. Tell me what happened. Just, you got to explain this one. You got to explain it to me. And the Bible doesn't say, but I wonder how many of those prisoners turned to God that day. People need to see us worshiping God in the midst of our storms, in the midst of the current when we have to walk differently. Because that's when they're going to realize that who Jesus is in reality, the authenticity of our faith. See, the world is already offering too many things. The world offers our kids gold and shiny things that are look so pretty, but we know they don't last that long. And the, and the word says that the wedges of sin is death. Remember, only a dead fish goes with the stream. It is a live one that fights against the current to go back to the foundation that they know that once they get that there will be new birth and new life given. They go against the current. We got to declare the glory of God with every step that we take. We got to declare the glory of God with every trial that comes against us. In the book of Habakkuk, I love that verse. It was one that probably my mom repeated over and over again. Both of us faced so many trials growing up, especially me watching her. And it was just through the grace of God that he took us through everything. But Habakkuk 3, 17, 19 says this. Though the fig tree does not bud and there's no grapes on the vines... Though the olive crops fails and the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Regardless whether you have money to buy your groceries, praise God. Regardless what right now your children are serving God, praise God because he gave you the promise that they will. Because once the God's word is in their hearts, it does not in vain. And it does not return empty. When you see things coming your way, praise God. Even though we might not understand it. Lord, I don't get it. I, I, I have no idea what happened. I have no clue how this got happened. How, what, what, why did this become a mess? But yet I will trust you that this has a purpose. That you will take me through it. And when I come to the other side, when I cross to the other side of this river and this bank, I will see it fulfilled. And maybe I will understand it. But even if I have to wait till I get to heaven to understand it, praise God. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what you have been through. But we're now living in a season where as believers, we can no longer be with the current in the lazy river flowing just along the way. We have to start walking against the current. 
We need to trust when that comes, when when that opposition comes, when that wave comes, when that current gets strong and the river gets high, that God has us already. He's going to give us our wisdom that we need to how to swim, how to walk it, what to say, what to do. Sometimes we have to wait, but that's okay. 